it's interesting because I ask people, what are your dreams? And I don't really have any, or they might say, oh, someday I'd like to take my family on a Disney cruise, but they no other dreams. And rarely do we have well-set goals. Um, and so people were like, what about you? And I pulled out the journal that I started on that retreat weekend. And in the two and a half days I was on the retreat, I wrote down 187 dreams. Well, welcome back, Floor Mike Podcast listeners. It has been quite a while since we did our last episode. I can't even remember how many months. It's been at least six, <laughs> I think. And uh, yeah, part of that has just been the craziness of life since our last episode. I've added a child to my family. Joe has added some chickens and a rabbit to his. Um, and yeah, just just a lot going on. So um yeah, apologies for <laughs> for it being so long. I know I've had multiple people ask whether or not we're going to keep doing it, and we in fact are, and I've been really looking forward to today. One, just because of the fact that it's been so long, but then two, um, I just really, really enjoy the story of the guests that we have on today, and uh, it's my, my friend Lee. He is my, um, not quite my next door neighbor, my catty corner neighbor. Uh, I met Lee when we moved in um, about two years ago, and he was one of the first people, and this has always stuck with me, he was one of the first people that uh, came over to our house and introduced himself and just very welcoming, very inviting, always let us know that his house was a was a safe place if we ever needed a place to go, somebody to, to hang out with and talk to. Um, so yeah, I've just been super excited about this. Before I go any further, Joe's with us today too. So I want to let Joe speak his voice. Hey, what's up, guys? <laughs> Joe actually asked me, he said, please don't make me talk too much on this episode. So might not hear from Joe too much. Anyway, without further ado, Lee, Lee Hattori. How's it going, man? It's going good. Good, good. It's uh, Thank you so much for being on. And we are really glad that we're finally able to to schedule some time and, and get this going. So as I said, I kind of introduced how I know Lee. Uh, but Lee, I'm going to turn it over to you and uh, let you tell our guests a little bit about yourself. Um, before I do that, I will say uh, Lee has had this uh, this idea that kind of came, um, came from within him that has now turned into a business that he's launching uh, called Planagol. And he's going to talk a little bit about that. But much of our episode today is going to focus around that. So Lee, Lee will tell you a little bit about that. And then you'll also get to hear um, through our discussion on that, some of his own personal story with that. So Lee, I'll hand it over to you. Awesome. Um, my name is Lee. I'm Degreed mechanical engineer, and uh, for the first bunch of years of my li adult life, I was kind of a wreck. Um, there were a lot of things that I had issues dealing with. Um, there was uh, certainly a struggle with religion and God, and I didn't like him at all. He took my grandpa when I was rather young, and uh, without God in my life, things went south for a whole bunch of years. Um, through some of the stuff, and we'll figure out how much of it we want to talk about, um, I ended up with um, counseling, and I ended up with self-help books and groups and um, business learning books, and it sort of led me down a path that had me thinking more about spirituality. I actually came back to Christ, um, and that was... I think about 10 or 11 years ago now. And six months after I did that, a buddy of mine said, Lee, your priorities seem a little out of whack. You need to go away, bring some books, bring some writing materials and figure things out. Uh, so at that time, that was, I'm, I'm definitely an engineer and sort of a dork. So of <laughs> course I wouldn't use the materials someone else had. I had to build my own complete <laughs> retreat process before I ever packed the tent and headed out to the woods. So you did all that before you even went. See, for some reason in my mind, I actually thought that you kind of put it together while you were out there. So you oh, did no, it before. I'm big dork. Oh, wow. Severe planning. Nice. Got to get it all in place. So that first retreat, what was the place that you went to? 
I was in Wayne National Forest, um, and it was really weird. It was a section of camping that had been closed for a bunch of years, and they had done some cleaning up and had just opened it back up. So it was sort of a really nice weekend, and it was me and one other set of campers out there who happened to be playing a lot of folk music themselves and having a great time. They let me come over and play harmonica with them. It was a it was a fun weekend. Nice. Yeah. So during the course of that weekend, um, would you say that's when the this idea and this concept of Planigal initially initially um, came to you or was it was it after that or how did, how did that kind of come about and I'm sure at the time you didn't know it was going to be called Planigal but just the the idea right. and the concept it was a very slow growing process because I did not know even what I was going to do with all of the information that I brought with me uh, one of the things I did before that retreat was create a page where people could give me anonymous feedback on 12 areas of my life mm. And so I sent that out to like 150 people on Facebook and emailed it to folks at work and just said, hey, if you're willing to give me some feedback, I'd love to have it. Here's a link. It's totally anonymous. Um, and that feedback I got in files and I printed them out, but I stuck them in a folder and didn't read anything before I went on the trip. So it was... Once I got out there, I pulled this out and I was a little bit afraid of what I was going to read because I knew I wasn't the best human in the world. And some of these people didn't even know the new me since mm. coming to Christ. Um, and it was a weird range of feedback. I had a couple of people say, dude, you're really awesome. Don't change. I'm like, okay, thanks. Throw that out because it <laughs> didn't really like pros, cons. What am I doing right? What am I doing wrong? Um there were a couple of people. One person said that I'm funny and especially at parties and in large groups, but sometimes I use sarcasm, but I tend to base it around real things about people. And they said it can really sting and hurt sometimes. And I don't know if you do that on purpose. And I don't know if I did it on purpose, probably somewhat, but um, I was a broken person for a while. Um so it was really interesting to have that feedback and be able to think back. You almost want to guess who gave the feedback, but I really had no idea. Sure. But I had a, a great set of feedback from my pastor at the church I was at at the time. And it started off with, hi, Lee, this is Pastor Michael, and I don't need to be anonymous. <laughs> Not so anonymous. Yeah. And, and it was great because he said, Lee, you're living the amazing, fun life of a 25-year-old you're dancing, you're dating women, you're having all this good stuff, you're traveling, and that's really cool, except you're 35 and you're supposed to be building a family. <laughs> and he spelled out what he thought I should be doing, which was find a good Christian woman who was um, closer to my age so that she wouldn't put up with any of my BS <laughs> and um, so she wouldn't put up with any of my junk, <laughs> uh, something. BS Feel free to edit. BS is cool. BS is good. <laughs> BS is cool. <laughs> um, and it was really neat because his set of feedback was one of the things that really led to some of the big changes in my priorities. Mm. But there was a lot of neat stuff on that weekend. Um, the anonymous feedback, I had a life wheel with the 12 life areas on it. And so after reading the feedback, I went through and scored myself basically zero to a hundred. Where do I fall for each life area? Mm. Um, my physical health at that time was amazing, so scored really well there. Um, my finances were getting under better control, and man, I just start blanking. Um, <laughs> I wanted to work more on my spiritual life, and I wanted to work on my relationships. So I did some, some other interesting exploring on that trip, uh, looking back at all of the relationships I'd been in in the past. And it turns out, a lot of the times I would be interested in someone, but due to a fear of rejection, I wouldn't tell them I was interested. I'd get to know their best friend and start hanging out with them, and I'd end up dating that person. Mm. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> um, which most of the time, best friends aren't the same, so I, I wasn't really dating the kind of people I actually wanted to date. Sure. Sort of interesting. Out of that, I decided that 
one of my first goals that I set was to come back and tell a specific woman who met the criteria I'd come up with on this trip, sort of a go, no go list, the things I want and the things I won't put up with. Mm -hmm. uh, so I decided when the trip was over, I needed to tell this person how I felt about them. And it was someone I'd known a long time. So took her out for dinner and I, I said, I would be interested in pursuing a serious relationship with you. And she laughed and said, that's really sweet, but no, I would never date you. Oh, man. Um, which was, it was sort of a gut hit, but I was also prepared to receive rejection because I had to sure. sort of practice this. Sure. And uh, so I, I looked at her and I said, okay, at least we know that, you know, all the dances we go to and stuff like that, we're just friends. There's no confusion. I won't think a look is more meaningful. Mm -hmm. And so we became very good friends. We hung out a ton and she was starting to learn how I had changed. Mm. And about a month later, we were dating. And a little over a year after that, we were engaged and we've been married for six and a half years. And we have an adorable little three-year-old girl who Josh is used to seeing <laughs> running around in the front yard. Yes, I can attest to that. Definitely. Yeah. Very beautiful little girl. So I'm kind of curious, what was, what was that conversation like between you and Corinne when it was like, Hey, remember how you said you would never, ever date me? <laughs> and then now, so was that, was there a moment, because you said like we started dating, but was there a moment where it was, where, where there was kind of that solidifying moment where she was saying, you know how, maybe I said this before, like I, I am interested now, or was it just kind of just this organic thing that became, I think we're a couple now. If, if we're dating. If Corinne ever listens to this podcast and hears this, <laughs> we'll we'll start a, a never-ending argument about uh -oh. who did this uh -oh. first. But um, we had been attending a ball and we were driving home and we pulled up at a stoplight and she was doing stuff to aggravate me and I turned and um, I jokingly planted a kiss on her and uh, I sort of like flinched a little bit because I, I figured <laughs> I she was probably going to hit me or something. <laughs> and um, I turned back to look at her and got a very different kiss in response. And that was sort of like, oh, wait, things might have changed. And wow. Yeah. But That's awesome. I always say she kissed me first and she always says <laughs> I started it. And we'll fight about that until... <laughs> Sounds forever. like hers was, hers was the more meaningful kiss. She right. was the one that, yeah, she, hers was yes. the commitment kiss. That's yeah. funny. That's but funny. But she says that doesn't matter. I kiss first. <laughs> That's hilarious. So, so then this this trip this trip happened. All this stuff that you talked about with the feedback, kind of life. Feel like you kind of started to to re reorganize and prioritize areas of life, and and that led to some of the things that you just mentioned. So, you know, as it pertains to to what is now planable and that idea, it, it wasn't like you immediately kind of implemented that into this business plan. Um, it took a little while, right? There was multiple, multiple years that went by where this, this idea, you cultivated it and uh, turned it into to what it is now. Would you care to speak a little bit to what that time period was like? Yeah, it, it definitely took a while. It was very interesting because some of the feedback that I received was talking about my skills as a creative thinker and that I lead projects well and things like that. And some of the other things that came about one, the second goal that I set for myself was I had to go to my boss and tell him that I felt like I was getting worse at my job every day. And some of it was just some strains and stresses within the department. And, uh, I, I had taken on way too much work. And he didn't even know how much work I'd taken on. So he said, well, let's look at how many projects you have. And I gave him the list and said, there's like 23 projects. And he's like, well, how did you get 23 projects? And I'm like, man, you approve my timesheet every week. They're all on there. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it turns out there was one really big project that he wanted me focusing on. So he dropped me down to mostly that one and a couple of little ones to sort of trail off as I moved further into the big project. And telling my boss that I felt like I was getting worse at my job was a pretty scary thing to do. Like I'm basically walking up and saying, yo, you should fire me. Yeah. <laughs> and it didn't work that way. Um, but it actually worked really well because he said, you know, Lee, you're 
doing a great job. Well, how, why do you feel this way? What's going on? And we talked about a couple of the relationships within the department. Um, but those two goals that I had set were life pivoting. It really turned around my professional life. It allowed me to work on some projects that really gave me better focus into the career that I wanted to move into. Um, and certainly it changed my relationship status and progressed things there. So I started making more goals and slowly working on them and building out what I was going to do with them. And I, I set up two retreats that I took a bunch of guy friends on and we went through the process. Nobody, nobody wanted to do the anonymous feedback thing. Um, really? That's interesting to me. I feel like, so it's, it's funny because I actually, I didn't do, I didn't send it to as many people, but for many years, I actually did the same thing, except I would send it to kind of this core group of people. And it was always, to me, it was always this really exciting thing. Like at the end of the year, I would always do it at the end of the year going into the next year. And it was always like, I really looked forward to that. So they didn't, they didn't want to do it. Uh, right? Most of the people who I talked to about it said that it was too scary. It, it is. I mean, yeah, I could, I guess I could see that yeah. for sure. And I, I, I figure people are already thinking these things. If I know about them, I can decide whether I want to change. And sometimes the feedback sure. you get is something negative, but it's inaccurate. But yeah. something about the way you're portraying yourself mm. makes people think you're horrible at your finances when you're really good and sure, all over the place. But so I'd run this for a couple of people. What we sort of learned was that this first step of the life evaluation and writing down a bunch of dreams and then setting a couple of goals was great, but without the tools in place to have the accountability partners, the follow-up, the quick list of what your goals are, what I really wanted, and this was sort of one of my big, the big things I was looking for in other systems, because building a a full system is a complicated process. So if I could find one that was out there and use it for my life, I'm good. Sure. I wanted something that had a dashboard where you had the major goals that you're trying to accomplish in life and just the next five minute step required to accomplish them. Hmm. So it just means having an outline of what it takes to accomplish your goal. And I looked all over the place and I couldn't find the tool that did everything I wanted. Hmm. But I realized I had a pretty good process that I had built. And if I could do this for myself and get such dramatic changes, and I could do it with friends on retreats, I could probably turn this into a web-based thing that everyone could use. And that was really what I was after. I wanted to build something that could help change the world by changing the way people think about dreams and goals. Hmm. And it's, it's interesting because I ask people, what are your dreams? And oh, I don't really have any. Or they might say, oh, someday I'd like to take my family on a Disney cruise. But they no other dreams. And rarely do we have well-set goals. Um, and so people were like, what about you? And I pulled out the journal that I started on that retreat weekend. And in the two and a half days I was on the retreat, I wrote down 187 dreams. And it was a lot, but I looked at each life area and thought, well, what are my financial dreams? Well, I'd love to be out of debt. I'd love to have an emergency fund. So the next time a tire goes flat, I'm not panicking about where rent's coming from. Um, and, you know, there were a bunch of other goals. Like I'd love to have a written budget and actually follow it for a couple of months. And I'd love to reach a point where I've got I was listening to some of the Dave Ramsey stuff. So some of his baby steps each got written down as a dream. And I looked at my adventure life and thought about places that I wanted to go, things I wanted to see. Um, we had, we had gone on a family trip to see a little bit of Italy, but we really didn't get to see much of it. We like just crossed the border. We, so we could get the stamp in the passport. Um, and I really wanted to see Italy and I'm like, Oh, I would love to learn Italian. I wrote that down. And I don't know <laughs> if I'll ever learn Italian, but it is something I love the language. It'd be fun to do. So it's on my dream list. Um, it's really neat because I've gone back to that list maybe once a year and read through it. 
And I have the date when I created each of those dreams. And every time I go back, there's another five to 20 dreams that I can go, oh my God, I didn't even realize I still had this in the book, but I went and did that. So I sure. write down the date when I accomplished it and check it off. And, and there were others that I crossed off because they were no longer valid. So I wanted to go on dates with 20 women and... I got married before that happened. Well, we're not going to go do those dates. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, your um, wife might not appreciate that. But it was that. just a, a dream that I no longer need to chase. Sure, sure. Um, yeah, so, and over time, I, I talked with a couple of friends, somebody who is a developer, tried to get him involved and try to build out a site to do this. And that sort of fell through. We both got busy. Um and really, my, my focus changed for about eight years after that, and I really never touched the project. I kept coming back to it as, as a dream, something I would love to do, but it wasn't right. actively being worked on. Mm. Yeah, that's, that's something that, as you kind of had shared that with me the other day, I was like, man, I really feel like that's probably something that so many people can resonate with, that we have these these dreams and these aspirations of things that we want to do, but just that never seem to become the priority. Um, and so for you, what was that eight year period like where you had this thing? And I assume it was always still there within you of, I want to do this. And oh, probably yeah. this, probably a lot of tension in like turmoil almost, maybe, I don't know. Um, I have some of those things myself where it's like, you have such a strong desire to do this one thing, but you just don't see how it realistically could play itself out in your favor. Um, so what was that period of time like? Would you say that were there were there things that you felt like needed to happen during that period to get you to where you are now? Or was it, do you feel like it was more of maybe you just, was it more of, uh, I don't know, I guess, would you say that it was you kind of hindering your own self? Like what was that period like? I think I was hindering myself. I was working for a couple of companies and let the work hours get out of control. So I didn't have a lot of time to do me stuff. Mm. Um, and I, somewhere in there, I'd gotten married. And so we're working on house hunting and buying a house and saving up money. And so I was working some overtime to try to get more money to do that. And that really just didn't leave any time to work on the project. Um, I came back to it a couple of times, but realized that if I couldn't dedicate a large amount of time, I wasn't going to get it built myself. And trying to go out and get someone to give me money for it just seemed impossible. Sure. Um, I, I had a second book that was sort of a journal of business ideas, and I still have it sitting in my office, and there's probably 10 things that I could hand to people and have them start up fun businesses. Um, one of them is growing phytoplankton, the little green critters <laughs> yeah. in water so that you can feed corals in a reef tank and like a crazy idea. I've got designs and schematics for the tank to grow it in, but just have never done anything with it. Mm. So I was sitting with a friend who was struggling with her life, trying to figure out what are her next steps. She had just lost a job. She had was was living with a boyfriend, but things were all sort of up in the air as to what she was going to do next. Should she go back to school? Should she get a full-time job? And we talked about sort of what she wanted to do, how much she wanted to make, how much time she wanted to give. And she decided to start a business doing creative writing and editorial work, which was great. And, but it, really was taking her through this process, getting feedback from some of our friends and walking her through that. And at some point, this business journal that I had came up and she said, well, wait, why do you have all this stuff that you're not doing? That seems silly. And it's like, well, let, like, let me give you an example. And I told her about plan, not Planigal, but what became Planigal. Mm -hmm. um, and she was like, this sounds amazing. I want to use this. How do we make this happen? And I said, well, if you've got some free time right now, we could, over the next couple of months, start working on 
sitemap and wireframes to really build out what this is going to look like. And she loved some of that user experience work with it. Um, so we actually started putting things together. I started writing up a little bit of a business plan, answering some of the, where does the money come from? What's the income look like expenses? So sort of the beginning stages of a business plan and some, some prototype mock-ups. So that was like the initial kind of, so, so that was at the end of that kind of eight year, I guess that eight yep. year period of silence where it was like, now we're, we're going somewhere with this. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. And I realized that I was a little bit out of my depth. I, I hadn't started something like this. I could build pieces of the prototype, but I knew I needed more help with this. My, my hope was that I could find an investor who would be interested and, and have them pay to sort of get things rolling and hire someone to build it. I've done some development work, but I'm not the greatest developer. I can stumble through things, but it'll take me longer and it won't be amazing at the end. Um, so I got connected with the SBDC here in Miamisburg, the Small Business Development Center. I had talked to a group up in Dayton that helps ramp up businesses and they had recommended the SBDC to me. The advisor that I got walked me through something called the Wendy Kennedy program, which takes a business idea and walks you through like 16 to 20 steps to really define it, define what business problems you're solving, who are your audiences, what are their pains, what does this do to solve their problems, um, who are the audiences, what's the revenue streams, how does your cash flow plan look, um, some of the marketing strategies. So it really walks through all of the stuff that you need in order to drop it into a business plan. And at the end, you kind of have laid out um, the slides for a pitch deck. So I went through that full process, probably spent about six months working on it. Um, I was complimented by my advisor saying I'm probably one of the people who has put the most work into the Wendy Kennedy program, which was cool. Yeah. Um, but I got to pitch in front of an investor group in Dayton um, and it went well. It was received well. I got some decent feedback, but no investors and um, someone else who I did contract work for had asked me how I was doing and what I was up to. And I told him about this little side project I was working on. And he said he had just gotten invited to join an investor group. And so he said, well, let me get you connected there. And it was uh, some folks out of Atlanta, did a pitch with them, had a little more interest, but started getting a lot more feedback on the fact that people wanted to see a working prototype and some users working within it to, to make sure people actually want to use this. And mm -hmm. uh, it was sort of a chicken and the egg. I, I need right. the prototype, but I need money to get the prototype built. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I need the prototype to get the money. And mm. um, so we did a an Indiegogo crowdfunding and we raised some money on that. Got a couple in, of um, personal connection investors involved. And that was great. Um, and really about halfway through the Indiegogo campaign, about a two months ago, we, um, I started kicking off the prototype development in a more serious way. I had had, uh, the one friend helping me with user experience. I have a relationship with a designer who I'm paying some money to, but a lot of her hours are being put in towards equity in the business. Um, and she has done some absolutely amazing work, but I've been able to design or I've been able to develop straight off of her designs with the specific target of making this look amazing on mobile. So the life evaluation was a huge complicated part of it. And so <laughs> I've got that fully functioning on the prototype, which is great. Uh, the next step we're aiming at is the dream explorer. So you can go in and add dreams and from the life evaluation, it'll show you the three areas that you've, decided you need the most work on the the three areas that scored the lowest so when you go into the dream explorer it's going to show you dreams 
that other people have put in the system that they have linked to those same life areas you want to work on. So kind of a fun idea if you're doing great in six to nine of your life areas and there's three where you're suffering, stop putting quite as much time into the couple of life areas where you're doing great. Spend some time focusing on the balance side of things. Um, yeah, and so we're in the middle of prototype development. Um, a lot of what we're looking for right now is connections to investors that might be interested. Um, I'd love to connect with them and talk them through some of this as we get towards the prototype being done, because then I've already got someone who I know is interested and when things are moving along, then they can get involved, hopefully. Sure, sure. So, so how can, how can those who, um, maybe, maybe they aren't going to be the ones who are, who are big investors, but just people who like the idea, um, and who are supportive of that, how can, how could someone like that come alongside and, and benefit? Is there, so I know you said that, that maybe at some point there would be a group of users who would, who would test something like that. And I, I, I don't know, you know, exactly where the timeline is on that, but how could somebody who's in a position like that kind of come alongside or, or help out? Yeah, definitely. Um, I would say that right now, just getting in touch with me and, and talking about what the interest level is, um, whether that's somebody who is, is so excited about the idea and they want to get involved and help do testing, uh, especially people with some technical skills who can reproduce an error and document it so that we can actually go and try to figure out what's happening. Sure. Um, I would love to find people. There's a, a, oh, that's something we haven't talked about. The, um, the different models of accounts. So I've always looked at this from 10 years ago as a, an individual account that you can go in and create goals and dreams and set things up and have an accountability partner attached to it. Mm -hmm. So that way I've got somebody who, when they log in, they might, see some information about my goals and be able to see if there are goals that I haven't done anything with in a couple of months. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it'd be great if Josh comes up and says, Lee, man, I know that you're really working on um, getting out of debt. Like, have you, have you worked out a budget? Are you actively working on a debt snowball? What, what do you got going on? And I may go to Josh and say, Hey, I know that dead tree in your yard is bothering you. Have you, <laughs> have you done anything about that recently, Josh? Finally Which is did. funny because they, they just had a cut down like end of last week or over the weekend. Yeah. So yeah, I it was, a, it was a major eyesore of the neighborhood and it, and, and it was becoming a danger to everyone around it. So it came down. <laughs> I love it. So the idea started as for an individual, but what I really wanted was to be able to set it up for different groups as well, starting with a couple so that my wife and I can each have our own individual stuff we're working on, but set goals as a couple and be able to build out the plan for accomplishing, assign tasks to each other and, mm. you know, be able to log in and look at things together and talk about, oh, we should put some focus here. What can we do? Let's schedule out a day to work on it. Um, from there, we get into the next step up would be the family, which would be a couple of parent accounts and a couple of kid accounts. Um, I desperately want to change how we think about dreams and goals. And so one of the questions I like to ask people is, how old were you when you realized that dreams could become goals and accomplished? Should we throw that over at you? Ooh, I like that. Since you didn't want to talk at all. No. no. <laughs> yeah, no. Um, you know, that, I'm as soon as you you said something, I thought, "Man, that's uh that's good." I mean, I think from a very young age, I think we all have those dreams, right? But I don't think we as 
as kids, I don't think we actually sit there and go, oh, I, I could do that, you know, or I could make a living doing that. I mean, we all have the, I'm going to be an astronaut, I'm going to be a fireman, but we don't think of it in a way of like providing for our families. It's more so, man, that's really cool to do. I just want to do it. Um, so yeah, I mean, probably when, for me personally, probably when they start having that conversation in school, right? What, what have you thought about what you're going to do after high school? Of course I haven't. I'm 12. <laughs> um, but I think that's like probably the first time that you, that it enters your mind to connect the two. Um, but really the first time you start thinking about it, for me, I think it was after I got married. And be, because up until that point, I mean, I was still a teenager in my head, you know, I mean, I, I didn't get married until I was 25. So, but in my head, I'm 17. Yeah. I'm still 15, let, yeah. Let, let's face it. I'm still a t- teenager. We're the male half of the species. <laughs> yeah. We can't help yeah. this. Yeah. yeah, exactly. We mature like. Yeah. If my wife was sitting here, she's like, you're, you're still 14. Um, <laughs> but um, you know, after that, it, it really came down to what am I doing with my life, A, and B, what do I want to be doing with my life, you know? So, yeah, I love that. I, I love the fact that it's like those connections because I think, I think the world can kind of tell us, yeah, that's a dream. That's, that's not really a reality. That's just a dream. Yep. But why? I mean, yeah, you know. So I love it because I get answers – Anywhere from, well, when I was 10 years old, my grandparents taught me some sort of lesson, helped me save up money to buy my geode tumbler, whatever, you know, all sorts of crazy ideas. And I got people who at, at 35 are telling me, oh, yeah, I learned that when I was 35 and I wanted to buy my first new car. Like somebody said, why don't you set it as a goal and make a plan? And, um, and then I have people be like, whoa, you, you can? Hmm. which is hilarious. Like, (laughs) you know, 50 years old. Wait, wait, wait. How does this dream thing work? Um, So my follow-up question is always, how old do you want your kids to be when they learn this? Mm. Oh, yeah. And and everybody has that visceral (laughs) reaction. As soon as they realize they exist. (laughs) Right, yeah. (laughs) Whenever that happens, yeah. yeah. So (laughs) I've been thinking about this stuff for eight to 10 years. I'm actively building it. I've worked on the business plan. And right around Christmas of this past year, we took my little girl to the to the Cincinnati Zoo to the Festival of Lights and we're walking around mm-hmm. and she sees a tiger and she mommy's holding her and she says, I want to pet it. <laughs> How do you what do you what do you say to that, Josh? What do you say? <laughs> uh, yeah, probably on <laughs> unfortunately we cannot do that right no, now. No, <laughs> we can't do that. It's gonna bite you, you're gonna yeah. get eaten, yeah. like you know, and that's my wife and I probably said the same thing, especially as my daughter started ramping up yeah. how strong this desire was. Or you was. flip it around on them and say, well, how do you think we would first, we would go about doing that? <laughs> right. But I told my little girl, no, that was the mm. response because no, that's ridiculous. Well, what if I had written this down as a dream? So about a week later, I'm thinking back to this as I'm talking to someone else about Planigal and I'm like, I have a friend whose mom does work with zoos nationally and internationally. I'm going to call her. I'm going to find out, like, is she the right connection? Can she get me in so my daughter can actually accomplish this dream of petting a tiger? And we found out, of course, that in the U.S., it's illegal to put a a minor in a cage with a tiger. Great. Like sort of knew that. I mean, <laughs> that it would be supervised, <laughs> but right. I mean, it sounds funny. And of course it makes perfect sense. Mm-hmm. And she said, there are zoos that have an experience you can pay for where you'll get a trainer and the animal on one side of say a big glass wall or a fence and the kid right on the other side, so up close and personal, and sometimes they'll put the tail under the wall so you can just have that little interaction. I'm mm. like, we can make it happen. <laughs> it's not what I wanted. I want her to be able sure. to like grab it around the neck and give it a big hug because <laughs> yeah. that's what she'll want to do. Yeah. Um, so, but uh, the friend 
who is involved in zoos, she said, if we go on African safari, I can make just about anything happen. And they do research in Africa. They actually do hearing tests on elephants of all crazy things. It's really awesome and the, the kind of things that they're doing it for. Um, but I could plan a trip to take my daughter to Africa and I could actually give her this experience. And we haven't talked about it yet because probably not the, the best investment for a three to five-year-old. But if I start thinking about and planning this for when she's 10 to 14 and still wants to do it, this could be a huge thing, especially if we talk about it a little bit, you know, every year as we talk about what kind of dreams she has. Um, so that's an example of what I want to see change about how we relate to kids and their dreams. Like some of them are wild. Like I want a pony. Actually, it's not so wild. You can easily make some of that happen. Yeah, it's funny that you actually brought up the zoo thing. So my kids, um, I I do a lot of building. I go to Home Depot and Lowe's like all the time. Um, but my kids, both of them, I have a nine year old and a five year old. Both of them say they want two jobs when they get older. They want to work at Home Depot, and they want to work at a zoo. That's it. So every time I go to Home Depot, I take them with me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, and I'm, I'm like, hey, you know, that, that's great. Um, that's going to take up a lot of your time, but that's great. <laughs> so I love it. I like the, the Home Depot and the zoo. <laughs> yeah. You actually kind of mix those two together with your chickens. That's right. That's right. <laughs> and your rabbit, yeah. <laughs> Built them a house and gave them some now chickens. Now you have a zoo. Now you have awesome. a zoo of sorts. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So that's the, the sort of how I, I would look at a family using the account. Again, each person gets their own. You can set family goals. You know, maybe going to Disney involves the kids helping do some of the research and um, learning all about some stuff. Um, but there's also a business case that I look at that is more about how companies can help their employees and increase loyalty through like doing this as a human resources benefit. Company spends a little money on getting licenses that they can hand out to the employees. And um, not only can the company see the employee's dreams, maybe somebody's got the dream of starting their own business. While you start them on something of a mentoring track to learn more about management. And I love that. Like yeah. you're going to get a really loyal employee who's going to bust their tail helping you out for the couple of years while you're helping them get ready to go out and achieve their dreams. Well, on the flip side, the company can put in some of their dreams. Maybe it's reaching a certain target or having a specific client that they don't have any contacts at the company. Mm. You know, you got a hundred employees working for you and you share the dream of having this one client. You might suddenly find out whose cousin works there. Sure. Which is really neat. And you know, it's a great way to have stuff go back and forth. Um, so that's more the employee model. I've also got a, a coach and mentor model that allows, uh, say a business coach or a life coach to create an account, get 20 licenses and be able to give that those licenses to the people they work with. And maybe they charge a monthly fee to be more actively involved. Um, that way, you know, I don't know if you guys have ever worked with a life coach. They might charge 20 bucks for an hour session or they might charge 400. Um, so a lot of the times you, you tend to schedule less visits. But if there were a way for them to be a little more actively involved, ask you the occasional question about a goal that you've said you're working on, see how you're progressing, it makes it a lot easier when you get together for the next session. You can actually just review activity. Mm-hmm. Um, now, the other thing, we're, um, the very basic first level account is going to be free. Anyone can use the site for as long as they want. There will be a few limited features um, and there will be ads. And we're going to say really directly right up front, large bulleted list. Um, we're not just going to blanket display ads to you all day. They're going to be in one spot on a page and they're going to be targeted to the keywords in your dreams and goals. Because if you are trying to um, rearrange the house, I probably don't need to show you square foot gardening books and <laughs> tools. Yeah. But if you've got a goal of building a square foot garden, 
Um, having a local person who specializes in that, having a couple of books from Amazon on square foot gardening or some tool packages might be great and very relevant to you. Sure. Um, so you take, take a look at that from the advertising side. Anybody who has a business, um, Josh is sitting here with a Baker Lawn Services <laughs> shirt on. Um, and it's like, if, if you're looking at one of your dreams is, oh my God, I don't want to have to deal with all of the stuff in my backyard anymore. <laughs> I want to find somebody who can help me do that. Mm -hmm. Well, you start, you set a quick dream or a goal of find someone to do great lawn care. And, you know, on the next page, you happen to get Baker Lawn Services pop up with an offer because they're uh, a local company, the keywords match, and they're within a certain distance of your home. Um, so the, the we we talk about all the different ways that this site can be used. It I think it's going to be amazing. Yeah, I love that. I mean, and especially like that thing you mentioned with the ads. It's like so often you're on whatever it is that you're on Facebook, Instagram, and sure, you know, maybe the ad you pop, maybe the ad that pops up is based on something you searched once. But it's like I feel like it's not really there to benefit you. Whereas, right, this yeah. is much more yeah. of a a mutual a mutual benefit. Like you've gone out of your way to say, here's what I really really care about, and I really want to prioritize through this through this uh, application that you'd be building. And so, yeah, that if, if that's the case, if I'm getting ads because of that, super, super different experience, super different. Um, one of the questions that I kind of had uh, as you were talking through just some of the questions you asked us and that Joe answered, like, what do you find, because you talk about this all the time to people, what do you find to be the biggest hindrance to most people pursuing their dreams, pursuing or prioritizing their dreams? I would say that the biggest issues people have told me are not having a list to go back to, um, not having it sort of available quickly. You know, unless you're carrying around a journal in your purse or bag all the time, you know, it's, and I, I go back to the Saturday morning thing. I wake up Saturday morning and my wife and my daughter are going to be gone for three hours riding horses or doing something with friends. I can actually do stuff for myself. Mm -hmm. Well, right now I like, I'll sit down at the kitchen table and be like, all right, what am I, what do I need to work on? And I'm trying to think of different projects. Some of them, I don't remember where I was others. Uh, maybe the next steps for that are, I have to call somebody, but they're only there during the week. So can't do that. Mm -hmm. and, like I'm going to be so overwhelmed by trying to think about what I should be doing that I'm probably going to flip on the TV. Or, or a video game or whatever. And, and it, it's so hard when you don't have a structured way to look at what the, the really important things are to you right now. Sure, sure. Um, so that's one of the features on the site is that dashboard I was dreaming of 10 years ago where you can see the active goals that you've set and what the next steps are to accomplish them. Sure. I love the versatility of it. I mean, it's like, you know, it can be used as more of like, it seems like anyway, kind of a workflow process and this very personal, uh, this very personal thing too, where it's like not, you know, not just kind of the mundane work tasks, but also these, uh, these really personal kind of big, big dreams. That's, that's awesome. It's, it's a, a very interesting process and, it's been refined some, but the basic components that I started with are still there and have, have just sort of grown a little bit. Um, but it's that self-evaluation on the 12 life areas, um, the identification of the ones that you want to focus on improving, uh, setting and exploring dreams. Because uh, if you're just trying to come up with your own, might not do as well, but if um, you get to see what other people have put out there and as they relate to the areas you want to work on, that's great. Um, the goal setting uh, with smart goal, uh, basically a, a, a coaching tool to sort of walk you through the different ways to check whether it's specific, measurable, attainable, relevant, and timely. Um, one of the examples I always go back to is one I need to work on right now. I'm overweight. And so, like, would you set a goal 
I want to get healthy. And you go to specific and that one fails right away. So maybe it's, I want to lose weight. Well, is it measurable? No. So, okay, I want to lose 10 pounds this week. Well, that's not achievable. Not without hacking <laughs> off a limb. Wouldn't recommend it. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I want to lose 10 pounds in three months. And then you you start checking the relevancy. Is this something you're doing for you or for someone else? Um. And then, you know, the timely, have you set a, a time for it? Keep yourself accountable to it. Um, so from the, the goal, building out a plan, uh, having the accountability partners, um, being within groups. Uh, one of our intentions is I, I thought at first that I wanted to launch with the ability for any nonprofit to have access to this for free. Mm -hmm. Um, and at one point I was doing a search for someone, um, on the number of churches in our County. And there were, there were so many, it's I was like, oh my outrageous. God, that's only churches and it doesn't include any other nonprofits <laughs> and it's only our County. <laughs> we got to limit this, but yeah. <laughs> I want to put up an application page and like every week, every couple of weeks, something like that, give away an account and let people start using it. I want to, I want to give back some too. This is it's such a fun dream that the idea of changing the shape of the world would just be amazing. Right. So, so where do you feel like, and, and I know we'll, we'll probably, we might wrap up here after this one, but this is a question that I've been wanting to ask. So where do you feel like the misdirection slash uh, misguidance of dreams, like where does that happen? Do you think that happens uh, from parents to children? Do you think that happens like in school systems? Like where do you, because I, I think what we all have found out, like from what Joe said, from, you know, some of the things that you said, like there, there is this disconnect between, wow, I can actually make this thing happen. Where do you think that starts? And then why do you think that happens? Man, what a packed question. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, I think, As we're wrapping up, here's this question. <laughs> right. Yeah. Let's wrap up real quick with this simple little tidbit that Josh would like to know. Um, I think it comes from everywhere. I think, mm. I think as a society, we don't dream as much. Um, everybody wants us to be realists. They want us, you know, following the standards, doing the same thing everyone else is. And I, I think schools could do a better job teaching stuff like this. Um, I think parents definitely could, but you, you can't teach something that you didn't learn. Yeah. yeah. And, and there are great examples out there of people who, encourage their kids to write down things they want to do. And, you know, as you get age appropriate, build the skills up further, you know, research how you can make this happen, ask friends for help, things like that. But I just don't think it's taught well in a broad enough range of places. Mm. And I could, I could see this Planigal taking all sorts of different shapes from family accounts and people using it that way from schools introducing it as a benefit to the students and their families. Uh, there's just so many ways it could go and we'll, we'll be flexible. We'll watch how people are using it and we'll add the features they're missing and drop the features no one cares about and hand it to who needs it. It's an exciting project. I can't wait to see where it goes, but I think we are missing it as, as a society. Yeah. I mean, I would, I would agree. There's definitely not many parameters and, uh, good, good boundaries that are put around it. It's just kind of like, Hey, you kind of like Joe said, Hey, you want to be an astronaut? Awesome. And then that's it. It's like, there's no right. more. Okay. Well, what, what, what's next usually? So yeah, yeah I would totally aren't, agree. Why aren't we telling kids more about NASA space camp? Yeah. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think, you know, that just like you said, a, a big part of it is I think we're kind of, we're, I mean, you know, the education is the education system is definitely geared towards, you know, you becoming an employee, um, not necessarily you doing something that's outside the box and which is kind of what you alluded to when you said it's uh, we're kind of we're kind of bred to to fit in to fit inside the box. And yeah, it that's one of the things I think that I love most about the concept of Planigal is just it allows you to get outside of that box with with, with any area, whether it be you know, something, something as straightforward as your finances or something that's as crazy as petting a tiger. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. 
my yeah. Between yeah, we should clarify. I, we had some technical difficulties, and so Josh and I are sharing a mic. Um, we swing it back and forth. I'm not, like, getting right over his shoulder or anything. Um, <laughs> so uh, one of the things that I love about this, and this just kind of hit me while you were talking, because, um, you know, you just mentioned it. You mentioned it earlier. Um, I'm pointing to you guys. They can't. They can't see that. Um, <laughs> right. Both. Both of you guys have alluded to this. Um, I think so. Oftentimes, at least in my experience growing up, me and my friends, we we were we were shown what we what we could do with relative ease, and probably what we should do realistically. But we were never like, we were never challenged to to just say, what do you do naturally? What comes to you naturally? And what do you get excited about? Maybe you should go do that. You know, and so like, like what you said, um, Lee, about um, our kids, right? So like my, my son, he... He's going to be some type of engineer. I know it. I know he wants to work at the zoo, and I know he wants to work at Home Depot right now. But I'm telling you, the kid gets passionate about finding a problem and and building something to fix that problem. Um, so much so that, like, we got him on a, a program called Tinkercad a few years ago just because – and it's like a, a CAD program for, for kids. I mean, adults use it too, but it's geared more towards kids. And literally – he started getting on there and building his own stuff. And so one day I was like, you know, you could you could print out those things on a 3D printer. And he was like, what? So I started showing him about 3D printers and stuff like that. And he was like, dad, I want to buy one. And so I told him, I was like, well, they're pretty expensive, bud. You got to save up some money. So we came up with this plan. We said, you save up half, we'll save up half. And we can, we can, so we bought one. It only took him like eight months to save up half. We were like, "Uh oh, (laughs) Um, (laughs) so we got this 3d printer and the kid loves to print out these things. But here, here's what I love about this. So my wife and I, we, we think of these schemes to like help develop what's coming very naturally to him. But most of the time, it's like we have a really good couple days where we're like, hey, yeah, let's do this, this, and this. And then life hits, and it's like, oh, we're not doing any of that right now. And and then it takes a good you know, couple months for us to get back on track of where we were. This, I feel like it's one of those things where you put everything in, and yeah, let's say life hits and things get in the way, but you at least have a way to come right back to it. And say, okay, wait, this is where we left off, you know, because, you know, let's be real. Those emergencies are always going to happen. Things are always going to pop up. You know, what was it? Um, Mike Tyson said, everybody's got a, got a plan until they get in the ring and I hit them in the mouth. That That's exactly <laughs> life. Like, you know, and you get those moments where it feels like Mike Tyson's hit you in the face. Um, but this, it, it's like you get, you get those moments and it helps you bounce back a lot quicker and go to this and say, okay, here's here's exactly where we were and here's exactly where we need to go. And I feel like that's, for, especially for people like me and my wife, we are those people that will sit there and put out a really good plan and say, okay, here it is, and then take us way too long to get back to that plan because we we didn't write it down, we just talked about it. We, you know, yeah. So yeah, it, I I love it. I love the idea. Well, and I think about it too from like a business perspective. I suppose you know, the goal uh, the goal in business is to make good decisions. I mean, really, the goal in life in general. But since since business is kind of the the um, analogy that came to mind, like you want to make the best business decisions that you can. And the best way to do that is by having data, right? And not only data, but clean data and the right data. And then taking that data and putting it in the right form that can help you make the best decision, which is, you know, exactly what this does. It's just, you know, just like you said, Joe, how often do we put data to our dreams where as this is exactly that it's a data repository for your dreams. And then on top of that, almost like, uh, 
the analytics behind that too that can that can put it all together. So I mean, it really is one of those things that is that is super neat. And I will just say, if when you get to the point where you need people to test and to play with it, I am more than happy to do that. I'm not saying I'm the most technical person, but I I might be able to help out. So hey, when you get to that point, I would we'll we'll get you signed up. Yeah, I would. I would. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> I, I do I do uh, happen to deal a lot with spreadsheets, yeah. You had asked earlier um, what other things people could do if they have interest and would like to get involved. Definitely contacting me and letting me know what your interest is. Um, we had a counselor who was on the board of advisors, and she was thrilled with what she saw. We actually put a lot of um, psychology thought behind adding inspiration to dreams through uploading photos and asking questions that connect you emotionally to wanting to accomplish the dream. Things like, who are you going to celebrate it with when you accomplish it? Mm. What will you be able to do after you've accomplished this that you can't do now? Things like that. Um, and so it was really nice getting some of that reaffirmation that, hey, you're doing a good job, you're following good principles. Uh, we are actually looking to find a counselor or two or life coach uh, who would be interested in being involved in an advisory board capacity. Um, also, just other generally good business people who who have passion about this, who would like to be involved as advisors, that's an option as well. Um, and certainly I, I, I don't think it's the right time to be asking for money. Um, I want to get the prototype built and in place, but anyone who could become an accredited investor, I would love to chat with them about their interest and, and, you know, again, start talking about this more frequently so that when we get to the point where the prototype is done, we can look at exploring possibilities. But uh, yeah, if this strikes a note and resonates with somebody, get in touch with us. Yeah. And we'll, we're going to provide all of the uh, points of contact where you can reach Lee. Um, all of the, um, I know Lee, you have some YouTube videos, right? That you, um, that you've developed that kind of help um, if they haven't already from what we've talked about in this episode, where they can kind of look into what exactly the, uh, the, the concept is and the direction that it's going and everything. So we'll be sure to include all of that in the, uh, in the episode description down below. So feel free to, to check that out. If, uh, if you feel so inclined. When you, so when I'm, I'm kind of interested when you do your stuff, like when you've recorded your videos and stuff, do you have a script when you do it or do you just kind of go off the top? I usually start with a script because I like to have the thoughts organized and like the first time I did a pitch, I recorded 20 copies of that pitch, video and audio, before I did it once in front of my um, small business development center advisor. Like, you know, and, and by the end of it, like I, I always have the PowerPoint up and I've got the notes for every slide. And at some point, you know, like I, the slide pops up and I know what all needs to be said and I can glance at the notes for the couple of numbers I don't remember, but. So in the pitches, was it a lot of like you, was it, is, was it super interactive or was it more of you presented it and then they were like, okay, we'll, we'll, we'll take this into consideration and think about it and get back to you. Or was it like, like Shark Tank, for example, where you, you give this pitch and it's like, bam, what about this? What about this? What about this? It depends on who it was for. The bigger investor groups, um, I had my 10 minutes to talk, and that was it. You don't go a minute over. And then they have, oh, 10 to 15 minutes to ask you questions. And they dug in hard with questions. Was it mostly financial questions, or was it, like, about... No, it was a lot of planning and audience and, you know, how are you going to trim this down to a minimum viable product? Mm -hmm. Like... What, what's, hack out all the bells and whistles so you're left with just the core of what you're doing, mm. which has been a huge struggle because the core of what I'm doing, if you start taking pieces away, you're left with a bucket list. And there's a hundred thousand of those out there. Yeah. Yeah. And some of the more personal pitches, someone who, you know, I got a recommendation of investor who might be interested, um, you know, I would get them on the line and start 
with the pitch deck open, but just conversationally go through it. You know, and I'd even be like, oh, hold on, wait, before we leave this slide, I'll tell you this last piece and move on and skip around, come back. But yeah, again, sort of like this, more informal and conversational. Um, I would say I have been able to field all the questions that people have thrown at me. And occasionally I have to say, I don't know the answer to that, but I'd love to get back to you in a couple of days. And uh, it, you have to be willing to hit rejection at 120 miles an hour because man, at the end of a pitch, like if, if somebody isn't writing a check, which by the way, never happens at the end of a pitch, <laughs> there's always a month of right. working things out. Right. Um, but man, it's really hard. And you know, again, what stops us from our dreams? Well, we hit a couple of roadblocks and it's like, man, it's just, easier to throw in the towel, go get a job. And like, I keep pushing. My wife keeps being supportive. We're going to get there, but man, yeah. Yeah. it's not an easy thing to, to try well, to make that, something. I like mean, this like that life. underlying fear that you kind of talked about earlier of just that fear of rejection, that fear of, yeah. I mean, that's there for everybody. Like Abby, I mean, maybe some people have it a little bit less, but I feel like if you're a human being, there's some part of you that fears being, fears being rejected. And so that's significantly amplified when you've put tons of work into something. Cause it's like, you know, it's one thing to, to have somebody say no, no to you if it's like, Oh, here's this idea that I had. And they're like, yeah, I don't like that idea. But it's another thing where it's like, I've poured blood, sweat, tears, and my life into something. And, and then that's the thing that's being $40, rejected. $40,000 in debt and whatever yeah, else. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like, that's, I mean, so I always have, I mean, I have a ton of respect for what you're doing because I feel like, honestly, you're specifically for the product that you have or for the service, I guess. is it, Would you consider it a product? Do you consider it a, a service or both? Or Software, software as a service, service? is yeah. the, the world it falls into. Okay. So... Yeah, so I, I say all that to say, the cool thing about what you're doing is the fact that in pursuing it, you are like living out the core of the of the fundamentals of the, of the service that you're providing. Wouldn't it be nice to have this while you're developing it? <laughs> <laughs> Amen. Yeah. Amen. <laughs> That's funny. That's funny. Hey guys, thanks a lot for having me on here. This was a lot of fun um, and I really appreciate the chance to get to tell some of my story and talk about this business I'm so passionate about trying to get off the ground. So thank you. Yeah, absolutely. It's been a blast. It's been good for us to for us to get back together and do an episode and specifically um, one that I just have been really excited about and a concept that I'm really excited about. So thank you for being willing to come on. And, uh, you know, once again, we'll, we'll make sure that we, we put all of Lee's, um, contact information as well as, uh, business information in the description below for those who are interested. And guys, as always, uh, make sure to, uh, subscribe. So you get notified of when we put out a new episode. Um, and if you have any questions or, um, you know, have an idea for an episode, um, or, want more information on how to get in touch with Lee, um, definitely check down in the, the description below um, or send us an email at thefloormike at gmail.com. <laughs>